Welcome back to another episode of the Blues on Parade podcast, where all we do is talk Chelsea and talk shit about Newcastle. This week we get to celebrate another win, another win for Chelsea, this time moving us to the semifinals. And today, Zach mentioned it over the weekend, he is going to miss today, but I am joined by yet another one of our people who is under the weather, but decided to push through. This time it's Sam Bagazade. Sam, how are you? <laughs> I feel the pain, man. Enzo and Badia Shield, I'm I'm with you in solidarity. You know, it's just you can't you can't uh what was it, Badia Shield who was sick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you know, like there's just something about pride that you can't really turn it away. You just gotta push through. I mean, unfortunately, I was asleep by the time you guys recorded uh last episode, but I feel a hell of a lot better now that we've won two in a row. Actually, that's three in Stanford Bridge in a row, apparently, which we also haven't done in a very long time. Yeah, I think I think he said that we've won like five this year in Stanford Bridge. Is that I, I think the announcer was wrong. Our home record, no, our home that's record's trash, but it is the third straight win at the bridge. So it was this one, Sheffield and. I'm blanking right now, but you get the point. Yeah. Good, good times for the fans back at the bridge, which is all, all well and good. And and again, you, Body of Shield, and Enzo need to quit sharing spoons during dessert time. We can't have you guys all under the weather ever again. I'm not a fan. No, it's it's me and Reese are are sharing spoons at dessert time because Reese loves loves the protein cake. I don't know if you if you saw that. <laughs> He's, he's promoting a, he's promoting like a cheesecake that's like a protein cheesecake. Oh, I have seen this. I have seen this. It's like, dude, God. like, just get proteins through alternative means. You need to drop a little bit of weight. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm going to say it, you know. Yeah, you, were, you weren't here. I, I think you might have missed that podcast, too, when, when Zach got on that soapbox again about Reese and his diet. Yeah, it was probably last match or last episode. Did I miss the last two? I did miss the last two. I'm sorry, guys. All good. I'm You're here. back, baby. Yeah. Between between health and some ass wipe doing bad things to your family. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. But, Sam, let's focus on the positive, man. Newcastle came to the bridge. They did not try to play football, and they almost had us. But we started the match with a expected 11, Petrovic in goal, DeSassi, Tiago, Body of Shield, Colwell, the Poch center back four. Gallagher, Caicedo, Enzo midfield three. And a front three of Palmer, Jackson, Sterling. I'll go ahead and say it. I expected this lineup. Even with all our complaining, I expected four center backs. Not sure if you even debated that for a second. Uh, I mean, I think the only question, I mean, Matson, I did not expect him to start. Um, and then if if we're gonna talk about Malagusto, I mean, I don't think he's even fit to play a full ninety, but fit enough to play that long. So yeah, yeah, it, it it was pretty much this or nothing else. Yeah, Enzo making it back after much needed rest, which apparently he's, you know, maybe he didn't get enough rest because he came off in the thirtieth minute, 
conflicting reports are out. Poch, after the match, was saying that Enzo was just feeling sick and that he just needed off. But then ESPN Argentina are claiming that he's suffering with sports hernia. So, and that he has been for weeks now. Um, we'll find out soon enough. I'm sure that this is now something that Poch will be asked about before the next week's match. Uh, I do want to say, in terms of this match, Enzo coming off for me was not a red flag. Did you feel the same way? You didn't think it was a red flag that he came off in the 35th no, minute? I mean, like, in terms of what was happening on the pitch, I think he was being misused. And I thought oh, that him okay, coming off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tactically speaking, like, I had a buddy text me, like, we're fucked. Game's over. Blah, blah. And I was like, you know what? Like, Something I thought something was off. Like he didn't look the part. I also thought that him in the half space with his back turned to goal is the dumbest way to deploy him. And we've talked yeah. about this a lot already this season. So when he came off for Broja, I was like, do I love Broja being the sub? Maybe not. But in terms of what Chelsea's putting out on the pitch, I didn't think it was going to affect us. Yeah. I mean, wait, this was after the goal, right? Um, this was after the Newcastle goal. Yes. Yeah. So we were down, and this was the point where, like, Newcastle pretty much, they 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 conceded the fact that they were going to do, you know, just low block and five yeah. midfielders for, you know, like, mm -hmm. just one striker up. Like, we knew that was going to be their game. So I think, I, I mean, up to that point, Enzo was playing pretty well. Um, I think my only concern with that was like if I, if I could think of a red flag was, you know, Caicedo got that really stupid yellow early on, yeah, and I was so worried the rest of the match that he was going to get his second yellow. So I thought, like shit, like there's no way we can sub him off now. Like there, you know, we can't bring anyone on. Right, right. Like, like my thought was that we take him off, bring on Nkunku. And then just move, you know, like make like a two, uh, like play in Kunku either at wide and or at uh, as like a cam, um, mm -hmm, switch mm -hmm. with whoever Palmer would be the other one, and then Gallagher would drop back with uh, with Caicedo. Enzo. Oh, with uh, Enzo, no, sorry, with yeah, Enzo, yeah, yeah, if Caicedo would be taken off, but now that was ruled out. I, I didn't, I can't remember who else was on the bench, but I just don't think there was any other like CM, DM that could have really come on so uh that worried me but hey he kept it clean the rest of the match and i don't know there definitely that was not our biggest issue there were other issues yeah and to talk on Caicedo, yeah he was flawless i mean it, it's crazy that on a yellow card for 80 plus minutes he still had 92 percent possession created a chance from deep um 18 passes Wait, into 92 percent Pass completion. Right Pass completion. Yes, yeah, sorry, oh, my mistake. My mistake. I was like, wait, three, <laughs> three, three out of four accurate long balls. He only lost the ball once. Seven ball recoveries. Seven duels won. He had the most in the whole match, and he didn't commit a single foul after that. Not a single foul. That was it. He literally clean as a whistle after that, which is fantastic to see. Because you're right. Recently, I feel like our midfielders have been very reckless. And so it almost felt like this is another one of those matches where one more dumb tackle and we're down to 10 men. 
I mean, so he's done it before. He almost yeah. did it, like, and he, it almost happened to him against, uh, I think, I forget which match it was. Um, one of the matches we won. With, it it might have been Liverpool, I mean, uh, Spurs? I don't know. But uh, with, with Caicedo, the one thing is I wish that he he was more comfortable taking like an outside of the box shot because I thought he mm -hmm. was, there was a lot of times where he was in like the right space, right opportunity to like, just try to drill one in. Um, and I think he's just, instead of doing that, he's just looking to make another pass, you know? So it, it's not necessarily the worst thing, but I think that if he could add that to his game, it, it'll be game changer. Yeah, we, we talked, Zach and I talked about it last pod, how when the team does feel confident, like we were to get a lead, you see a lot of more of the personality and maybe the willingness to do something like that. Like I said, last match was dribbling into the box, like past players, like bombing forward, which we rarely really get to see him do. So we you hope that with a little bit more confidence on this team and, and continued performances, we'll see a little bit more dimensions out of him i guess like i feel like he's budding into like the quote came out where he said like the the old caicedo is gonna come back and i swear he's dropped like 10 10 performances now back-to-back -back matches so i feel like it's it's only due time um you did mention the goal earlier i think it's we're hard pressed not talking about the goal we conceded here where it went from typical chelsea goal where it goes mistake number one then, oh, maybe we get it. We can stop it here. Mistake number two. And then, oh, we stopped it. Mistake number three. Petrovic is left on an island. And, I mean, Callum Wilson outside of the boot, one-on-one, -on -one, had it. It was going to go in ten, nine, 10 times out of 10. I mean, that was a crazy finish. I honestly, I, <laughs> I, I, give, I give Nico Jackson like a 70% chance of putting that in. <laughs> right. For real. Um, it starts with Colwell passing the ball to absolutely nobody. Literally nobody. And we'll get to talk about Cole a little bit more. Iago Silva can't beat Wilson on a on a tackle. And then Body of Shield gets the ball and somehow trips over himself inside the box, 10 yards away from Petrovic, where Wilson just slots it in one touch later. Um, as Chelsea as it gets, man. I was pretty disheartened 16 minutes in when I saw that go in. Oh yeah, I mean, it it was devastating, um, but I'm not going to look too much into it as far as like agreed how I feel about the three players that were involved in that because it was just it was just so unfortunate that all three of them kind of made an error. Um, if, yeah, if, you know, like if any of those three errors happened, like just individually throughout the course of the game, like. It probably wouldn't have led up to a goal, except for yeah. about your shields error, actually, probably. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. um but other than that, like it was just like that's like you said, it's the, the a, stars literally aligned for Newcastle to score that. And and on the other end, the stars aligned for us not to put the ball in also. There was at least three chances I can think of in the first half where I'm like, man, that could have been something. You know, there was like the mm -hmm. I'm thinking of the, the Sterling chance from the left side where he nutmegged someone and it like was inches away from the far post. Yep. I'm thinking there was like a quick turnaround ball where Nico Jackson 
like it fell to him and he like mm-hmm. he slap it shotted it wide. How about uh, Gallagher's shot off the I was about bar. to say that. You talk about shots from outside the box. Gallagher, uh, our, the man of the match, he had the crossbar. Yeah, yeah. You, you'd think that with Mudrik w- scoring in the ni- like 80, what was it again? I, the 91st minute. 91st minute. He scores in the 91st minute, and then Petrovic with penalty saves. You would think that they might earn the man of the match, especially being an elimination one. But hey, I'd say Gallagher probably deserved a shout. Um, yeah, he deserves a shot. It's not, it's not like I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it, but it was a little surprising. Yeah, it was a bit surprising. He did everything again. Another one of those performances where you get why Potts loves Gallagher. Mm-hmm. He um, didn't really make any mistakes either. No, no. Uh, I think his yellow card, honestly, if I remember correctly, I thought it was a soft yellow. There was a point where... Oh, uh, the... no, it was at the end of the game, and it was to stop an attack. I think, okay, I know? remember now. I remember now. It was a counterattack, yeah. um, a little bit right of the halfway circle, like literally yeah, as it, the match was ending. No, Probably the yellow. smart yellow. Smart yeah, yellow. exactly. Right. Um, I, I do want to give props to this ref, actually, because no VAR, and I feel like he got everything correct, which is, yeah. the comp- you know, these refs are given all these tools usually, and they somehow fuck it up. <laughs> So I don't, I don't think I know who this ref was. His name is Jared Gillett. No name to me, but I hope this guy starts getting more matches because he call he called Sterling's bullshit, gave him a yellow. Caicedo's was a yellow. I feel like VAR would have forced him to give a red. I don't think it would have been fair as a red. Guimarães got a yellow. That one debatable, but I think at that point in the game, like yellow was fine. So again, I, I wanted to, to point out that we actually had a good ref for once. Um, but second half, some I think we all wanted subs. I think we were expecting something more along the Nkunku lines to come in immediately upon the halftime. But of all the players, when you see Malo Gusto be coming in, did you really expect Levi Colwell to be the name that got taken out? Yeah, I mean... Like, Body of Shield throughout the game looked so shook. Like, if he, if anyone was going to be taken out out of those back four, I thought it should have been him. Um, I mean, just, like, beyond that mistake at the end, like, he must have had, like, three or four really bad passes to the other team or out of bounds. Like, he looked very shaky. And, you know, like, it, it happens, like, you you get shooken up and like you you get in your own head and yeah it's just like you know you sit out the rest of the match it's okay but um Levi obviously he's playing out of position he sometimes had moments like that too but I thought he played a lot better um yeah so I what I would have done was you know put like moving like if you were gonna play him on the left side take Benoit Batty Shield out put Levi in his spot yeah. and then put um Malagusto there but um yeah because Desasi it, it just like we'll, well I think we'll talk more about how fullbacks yeah but it was just it was very important that we got like better players in those positions and, who actually knew how to like pass the ball and play up and dribble out of trouble and, and be comfortable in yeah. those situations like there's so much more to it but the one thing that I was going to say is you see Levi Colwell come out and then it's Malagusto at left back, you know, like yeah. it's <laughs> what it, it it didn't look awful. I I will say like 
he was probably a the like a spark the moment he came on. He was trying to do a lot of stuff. He was driving. Like I felt like it was good. Was he limited to just his right foot and the like around the box? Yes, but it didn't feel like he was forcing it to his right. He would make sure that he would get his pass off before it was like I'm obviously going to cut to my right foot and pass from there. Um, but I do want to say like the moment that in the 80th minute when Matin comes on and it allows Matin to play left back, Gusto to play right back. I think this was the pivotal moment in the match. I thought for about 80 minutes, we were falling right into Newcastle's low block trap. You mentioned four defenders, five midfielders, and then punt it long to Wilson and see if he gets it sort of thing. And color, like, tell me if I'm out of place here, but I thought we looked like the preseason Chelsea again. Like, we weren't scoring. It took us forever to get there, but I really thought the movements and things like that against a very tight low block were more alike to the summer mm-hmm. than anything we've seen so far this season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because leading up to that point, we had either uh, Nico Jackson or Broja playing out wide. Yeah. Like, it. I, I, th- I don't know if you said this earlier, but, like, people are saying after the subs, after Enzo came off, it was like a 4-2-2-2 or whatever, 4-4-2. Mm-hmm. But... I didn't think so. Like I thought he kept the same the same formation, but just played one of the Nico, two out. In the first half, it felt like Nico was the one out wide, and then the second half, it, they switched. But I agree with you. I I did notice that it was a very clear front three still at that point. Yeah, it was just so like it's just like these are decisions that Poach makes that still fr- frustrate me because what you're saying was the result of him making the change and getting out of this, like, very obvious, like, kind of flaw. If you're going to continue playing the system with these players out there, it's just not going to work. you got to have the players that fit the system. Yeah, I really don't understand. Yeah, it's... You talk about, like, we had to put all of our players that we want in and around the box so far from it. Like... There was a play that we all commented in our in our Discord where Broja like broke someone's ankles. But, <laughs> it was Bruno. He made him touch earth. But yeah, but there was no point of of having Broja on the sideline. You know, like things like that. It square pegs and round holes, and then it just makes your job harder where it matters most. Because yeah, Broja gets the ball there. Let's say he does play the next guy forward, then who's in the middle? He's not there. That's one less yeah. player ready to attack because. Like you mentioned, Colwell and and Disasi, as and even if Colwell is improving at that sort of role, they are not your flying fullbacks that that can drift into those positions. I'm not even asking you to like automatically send two guys bombing forward, but we need to have that dimension. And it was so clear in those last 10, 15 minutes with extra time how much it brings to the table. And it's not just the fact that there's not going to be anyone in the center uh, to to make that run. It's the fact that that's where Broja performs best, and you're yeah. taking him out of that spot. So not only is there no one there, it's also the guy who's best utilized there is not there, you know? So it, it's still, like, it's troubling, and um, I'm trying to remember when the 
subs happened. I think this is, yeah. Uh, I have it here. It was a uh, 46-minute. It was Gusto. Then Nkunku comes on in the 69th. And then he came on for Jackson. And then in the 78th, you get both Mudrik and Ian Matson. Yeah, on on uh, I'm looking at SofaScore right now, and it's saying that Cole Palmer was subbed in for Raheem Sterling in the 66th minute. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's not correct. Wait, hold on. I'm looking at... Wow, I, I just realized I'm looking at the Chelsea Brighton stats right now. Uh, <laughs> I had that open in a different tab. Sorry. Continue your point. So so another thing that I wanted to bring up that it, it's not... Talk about the fullbacks, right? Because I'll go ahead into it. Most of our questions were regarding the fullbacks. I mean, Ronnie Ashwood points out, fullbacks at fullbacks, please. Chris Riley looked so much better with proper fullbacks. And then Vano... Um, why does Poch continue to experiment playing Colwell at left back as Motson banged his wife? Motson has now played at left back, I think, the last two or three matches, mm-hmm. whether it's it's all been off the bench, and every right. time it's been great. Um, I've I've mentioned it before. It feels like Poch has a very, very, like, extreme view of of height on the on the on the pitch because that's the only thing i can think of to do something like this um the one thing i wanted to say that that we don't get to see it in this match because we quickly switched to like a 4-2-3-1-4-4 whatever you want to call it shape when kungu came in but if we were to play the 4-3-3 that we started with i think having fullbacks would allow for us to see Enzo not have to play with his back to goal because Enzo wouldn't have to push so far up and wide in possession to cover the spaces that a fullback could be helping a winger cover. Yeah. I think that this is the, this has been one of Potch's biggest issues is that he makes one choice thinking that that's a solution, but then that shoot, like that same choice makes three other guys look worse for it. Then you have guys that, that have been able to succeed around it. You have Gallagher, who's made himself a, a crazy workhorse, but then he's not scoring goals because he's having to do the workhorse stuff. So, again, I'm beating a dead horse here. We've talked about that plenty, but, I mean, we got the goal in the 90th minute because we were playing fullbacks and because fullbacks were the ones crossing the ball into the goal, into the box, not DeSassi, who refused to cross the ball because he has no idea how to. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame him. If he doesn't know how to do it, don't do it. Yeah, if he doesn't know how to do it, why the fuck is he playing right back? I mean, I, <laughs> out of necessity, like I know, I know, we're I, injured. Like, we're injured we to have the core. To remember, yeah, like, like I'm not mad at the way it started. I'm upset with how long it took Poch to make the decision to switch it yeah. up to make the right moves. Because here's the thing: I'm not, I'm not going to profess to be like some fucking football savant, like a genius of the sport. But all of the subs that he made, like from the se- after the 75th minute, I, dem- I, I wanted those exact subs made at halftime, you know? Yeah. Like, like he waited way too long to make a very ob- obvious set of moves. And we're lucky as hell that Kieran... Kieran Trippier is low-key a Chelsea fan. Uh, <laughs> you saw that tweet, right? Yeah. Yeah. What did you say? Go Chelsea? Come on, um, Chelsea. Come on, Chelsea. 
Um, and he he was the man of the match for sure for Chelsea. <laughs> Giving up that goal and then missing the penalty. Wow. That is that and he didn't even he didn't even blue. start the match. The crazy part is of all the things, like the guy playing right back to start, Krafath, which is honestly Kraft. like a tongue twister on how to say because there were so many con- consonants right next to each other. But that dude, yeah. he was playing lockdown. I felt like he was giving Sterling a harder time than than Trippier was, and then of course Trippier comes in, makes the mistake on the cross, like you said, and luckily for us, Mikhail Mudrik is the fastest man on earth. And was able to get there first and, and keep his cool to finish it. But um Wait, wait, hold on. The craft thing, I I noticed that too, and I was like, that's a weird last name. And then they brought in Matt Ritchie. Did you like you see how he spelled yeah. his name? R-I-T-C-H-I-E. That's like, what the fuck is up with these guys and like having so many consonants next to Bro, each other? Fucking Geordies, dude. Newcastle folks. <laughs> no, nah, I'm kidding. Craft yeah. is like Swedish or something. But still, it was uh, something else for sure. Um, what was I? I lost my train of thought for a second. I was I was gonna say Potch. You were talking about his decisions and how they they take a while. But I feel like the last two matches now he's made a change that changed the game. I'm hoping that he starts like believing that he knows what the the solution is instead of waiting for it to happen. Like. Okay, I didn't pick the right eleven. What can I do? Like, why, why wait so long? Like, you like you said, this could have happened thirty minutes before, and maybe we get a goal, and it's not a ninetieth minute, you know, last ditch effort. Um, I'm just happy that he's at least making the choices because Matson wasn't getting a sniff at left back for four months of this season. Now we're seeing it, and he's performing. So you you would hope that he will get. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, where you do something good, you you get to keep doing it. I'm ESL here, so I'm help me out. Rewarded, rewarded, rewarded with oh, more minutes. I can't believe I blanked on that. Yes. Okay, I know, man. Uh, uh, Eng- English was not, yeah, English not my uh, favorite subject in school. But <laughs> that's that's what I'm hoping for. I think that what annoyed me the most was the fact that Potts just wouldn't look in the mirror and say like, okay, I need to get over my own like prejudices and what I think of these players when they're the profiles that I truly need on the pitch. Yeah. I mean, but you thought that, uh, I don't know, like Monson was decent. I thought he had a good performance, but, and you know, I am still the captain of the Monson mafia. Um, so it, it's, it really, it, it's awesome to see him play, but I don't know. Like, you really thought that he was he played phenomenally or um i think the fact that he's a fullback that's doing the things that a fullback is supposed to do helps the team i think that's my point like his, him being on the pitch is already making the other team think differently which allows everything else to happen i guess that's what i'm getting at like sure. you know if you see colwell and disassi at fullback they're not going anywhere they're just going to chill in the back next to Badia Shield and Thiago Silva. That's it. And if they move forward, go press them. They won't know what any they won't know what to do at all. That's Yeah, I at. mean, I I so do you think that he's warranted himself like a start next match? I mean, we talk about necessity, we talk about all these things. I I'd hope so. I'm not <laughs> by no means 
do I think he will start? I my brain is saying Potch will not start him. My not heart because my brain logical thinking says he should. I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. I know it won't happen, but I think it should. I, I have a feeling Body of Shill is probably going to get rest because he's been sick or whatever. Like, hey, buddy, you want to play, but like you you haven't been feeling well. Maybe it'll be Levi on the left, Thiago Silva, DeSasi, and then Gusto on the right, as much as mm-hmm. it pains me to say that. Yeah, I mean, he definitely trusts Molo Gusto more. I mean, he's he started many matches um, already this year. Uh, but, yeah, I think you're right. Like is is it is it is it too late because January is around the corner? Too late. As in terms like, of like, is Potts just like, well, I can't be playing this kid because I need to be able to sell him in January. Like, is it almost like a business decision at this point? Uh, I mean, I think it like the decision to sell him is pretty much ruled out now. Like, we don't have any other left backs. Which actually brings us to. I think one of the questions from Chris Riley, he says, do you think we need to sign a left back? Chill was long was injured. Kukurela unwanted. And he's out. He had surgery on his ankle. I believe he's not back until like February. And Motson, like I've been saying, like hasn't been getting the minutes. Do you think Chelsea are targeting a left back? Or is it one of those things where like Colwell and Motson till the end of the season? Uh, I mean, I have no idea. I've never heard, I haven't heard of any rumors, but it wouldn't yeah. surprise me. Like, I just don't know who would be available. Like, right. Like, uh, I mean, uh, United, they got Reggie on, but he plays right back, right? Or left back. No, no, he's a left back. He's a left back. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he was on loan until January. Right. So I think he's going to come, go back to, uh, the Spurs. So, and so so the whole thing with that was that they just wanted an option to to close out the loan. So he's most likely staying because I, I believe he's done think? well. Yeah. Yeah, because um what's his name is back now. Shaw. Um, yeah, Luke Shaw's back, so I don't know, yeah. I guess I haven't I haven't heard anything either way, so it, it would make sense if they kept them. But that's the only person I can think of because like that's United were kind of scrambling for a short term solution left back. So that's like, you know, we're we're kind of familiar with what the market is because yeah. they did that. So and I don't remember any other like names coming up that made sense for both teams. And like we already have two left backs on really high wages so it wouldn't be someone like big someone that we would make a transfer for like it would it would be like the rest of the season loan you did you see the rumors about lewis hall you weren't here oh no way when zach and i discussed it a little did you see the rumors that like newcastle may not be looking to trigger the buy option i mean he didn't even play today chelsea chelsea gave him Chelsea gave him the right to play today, and he didn't even sniff the pitch. So, it's like, loan with an option to buy. I forgot. Yeah, I thought so we sold him. There, the, apparently, like everyone thought that it was going to be a appearance based trigger. Like, if Lewis Hall plays this many matches, uh, Newcastle has to buy him. But right. that doesn't seem to be the case. And they're now out of Europe. They are now out of the Carabao Cup, so the FA Cup is their only chance 
unless they fix their league form to get back into Europe. So the big rumor is that, you know, if they're not planning on buying him, should we just be like, okay, come back, buddy. Left back could be all yours. How would that work? Like Newcastle would be have to be down for that too. We terminate the loan. They don't have to pay a damn thing. They don't make us pay anything for a recall fee. Yeah, so they would have to be down for that, right? Like, yeah, it would, it would probably have, bring them back. If we trigger it, I think we would have to. First off, they would have first option to decline if they choose to purchase. I think, but if we trigger it, there could be like a recall fee. I'm int- yeah, I, I'm gonna look more into that actually because I'm curious to see like what what the structure is. But I was just curious what you would think of of Lewis Hall making a return. He apparently also deleted I, this one. I haven't looked up. This is now me just just buying into everything I'm reading. He apparently deleted his goodbye message to Chelsea from oh, his socials. Okay. Uh, I mean, I would welcome him back. Like we know that we can move him if we need to. Like he has a market, obviously. Um, so like unless we it's necessity that he stays and we we sell him, like for you know, FPP reasons or whatever. Yeah. Then I don't see any reason why we shouldn't do that. We're definitely short. Yeah. yeah there's just... like they they would just have to be down. Yeah, uh, I I just don't like you said, I don't see a big market or like a clear cut like this could be a good left back to finish out the season. Like you know, like there was that January where we got Giroud as a backup striker, and then that worked out great. Like, I just don't see that same profile. The only name that I threw out there for Zach was Kyle Walker-Peters, but he's in the championship right now with Southampton. He can play both right back, left back. I don't think yeah. he's like a, like a, you know, he doesn't get me hard. I can't say it. I don't know how else to think. <laughs> I just don't I, get excited about that signing, but. Uh, what, which players do get you hard on, Jess? That's what I want to know. <laughs> I'll tell you. I'll tell you two names. I'll tell you two names right now: Mikhailo Mudrik and George Petrovic. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um. Well, I was gonna say one last thing. Uh. Oh yeah, just the Kyle Walker Peters thing. Like we, we've been linked with him before, right? So like, yeah. I think we have a scouting report of him already. Like, that's not the worst idea. We'll see what happens. I'm just. And again, I didn't read anything on it. That was just like me, like trying to pull something out Uh, of my my brain here. Like Zach asked me, I was like, no clue, man. Because we also asked about striker um in january so before we go back to the match we're in the topic of things why not do you have any names any shouts that you're like this is realistic this brings experience we agreed yeah zach and i agreed that oshiman is not happening in january and that ivan tony is going to arsenal so we didn't even consider either of those names you think ivan tony is going to arsenal for sure yeah okay well if that's the case I don't know. I mean, yeah, I'd have to think about it more. I think I mean I have thought about it. I don't think there's any other options out there. You you don't think your boy Medi Taremi deserves a shout? Oh my god, dude! No, let him play fucking Champions League. Soccer, man. <laughs> Fair enough. He's I still wanna, in I, Champions he needs, League. He, yeah, he, he needs to take out Arsenal. He's he's better utilized Facts. there than on Chelsea. Yeah, we we were just trying to figure that out. Like we we didn't really have any names, man. It's uh, he threw out Sebastian Haller from Dortmund. 
I don't know how realistic mm-hmm. that is. Apparently, he's not getting too many minutes at striker. Um, yeah. But he would he would also be going to AFCON. That's my wrench in the whole thing. Um, anyways, we we'll go back to the now. match. We'll go back to the match. Shout out Mudrik. But then penalties come on. And during the penalties, Sam, you missed the pod, but I told Zach, Petrovic sounds a lot like if I'm slurring Peter Cech. Petrovic. Petrovic. And what did this man do after I make that comment? He dove the right way every single time, just like in the Champions League in 2012. And he blocked two of them. Wait, did he save? Did he Trippier or Trippier missed? Trippier missed. Trippier missed. Sorry. Trippier missed and then he blocked one. one. Yeah. He he dove correctly four out of four times. Right. You're right. You're right. And I, I, I mean, I noticed that too. Um, yeah, it was good. I mean, there was they said something about his um penalty uh stats like his career in MLS. I wasn't paying attention, but I think this has something good. So I mean, I I'm him. not even I'm not even using a, the MLS anymore as like a standard. I felt like so far he has stepped up in two matches. The Sheffield match like obviously we got the clean sheet. The passing seems a little bit more calm. It's not night and day like i'm not gonna sit here and be like dude this guy makes robert sanchez's passing like it's totally different but he doesn't pass it to the other team so the distribution was good i mean there were a lot of times where i mean how many of his long balls did he complete i not many he he did not complete a single i don't think he did a single one um so that's the one thing uh I thought was like kind of frustrating, but everything else, like, yeah, he was very calm on the ball. Um, quick, I quick on the ball. I felt quick. Like he would just comes in, comes right. out of his. Yeah. Foot. Yeah. No, no. But, but the thing is like with Robert Sanchez, I like kind of like wince a little bit when I see a center back pass back to him with mm-hmm. him. I didn't, I didn't get that, you know, like it was yeah. just like, I felt, I felt comfortable. Let's put it that way. I felt comfortable watching him receive a pass. Yeah, I, I, I do too. I feel like he has a better understanding of like, okay, I just need to boot it right now. Like, let me get the ball out of here instead of like, wait, 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 try to find a pass, wait. Like, there's not that, you know, it gets you nervous, gets you holding on to your chair. Like, shit, is, is this where he messes up? Um, do you think that he has any realistic chance of winning the job if Sanchez is out for the next month or so i thought of that two straight two straight clean sheets i mean we've seen it happen if if he's if he's playing you know if he could if he keeps it up there's a hundred percent a situation where he i mean we look at we look at our next run of matches right we got a very favorable run of matches i'd say compared to our november we got wolves palace luton preston in the FA Cup, Fulham, and we don't face, like, I'm not going to call these teams bad, but we don't face an elite team until January 31st, which is Liverpool uh, in the league. So that's one, two, three, four, five, five more matches where we're not expecting Sanchez back for most of those. You you never know, right? Like, is this the solution that we... Uh 
Didn't expect, like, maybe. I, I think we spent half the season questioning whether Robert Sanchez is going to keep his spot. Yeah. So it's not crazy to think that. Like, and it's not it's not saying to say that he's going to lose his spot outright. It's just that we've seen it time and time again when a keeper gets hurt, the backup comes in, he's playing great, and there's no reason to take him out. And then, you know, after a, a rough patch of spells later in the season, maybe the other guy comes back in. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it, I, I, I'd say it's very likely that's what happens. I mean, it, it was... This easily was the biggest game of the season for Chelsea so far. And he came in and, again, I don't think he put a foot wrong. I don't blame him at all for the goal we conceded. But then yeah. to, to step up in, in the penalties where, you know, this is where your hero moment is made. Like, right. I was excited about that. Um, did you know, he have a you, single save? I don't think in the did. match, I mean, here's the other part I wanted to talk about. Because people are, again, another thing that Zach and I alluded to is, like, people are so obsessed with goals and assists today that people are going to look at the scoreline and say Chelsea was awful. Chelsea got dominated by Newcastle, but Newcastle took three shots all game. Four. Excuse me. And only two of those were on target. Yeah, so, so, one save. so he made a save and his save attempt was completed. I don't think he even moved because there was nothing to do against um, Wilson. But um, yeah, I mean, the guy, the guy's shown he, he can handle himself and, uh, We'll see, man. I'm I'm excited because there's not like a big drop off. You know, a lot of teams have their number one guy, and then it's oh shit, we lost our guy. So, hey, when you have a average goalkeeper and your backup is average, if not better, that's not a bad thing. One guy we didn't talk about though, Sam. Uh huh. Our biggest signing of the summer got minutes today. Christopher and Kunku. And oh, Kunku man. played today, and he made a pass with his butt. He did. And it was cool. <laughs> it was cool. And I'm, I'm, dude, I got so excited. I'm in a group text with two Arsenal fans, and I put in all caps, and Kunku, I was so excited for him to be subbed in. They're clowning on me. They're like, oh, I thought he scored. You're just celebrating him, like, getting subbed in. It's like, dude. You have yes. no idea. You have no idea how long I've been waiting for this fucking moment. I'm so excited, man. I'm so happy we finally got to see him. I thought he looked pretty good for what he did. He almost, you know, he, he had that one header opportunity. He did. Front post. Um, yeah, and so, you know, I mean, like, I'm not going to say he came out there and fucking blew the match out of the water, but he looked good, and it's what I expected him to look like. Uh, it looks ready, and yeah. So it's it. We're I think we're gonna see a huge, huge improvement. Like I'm we, so excited. We are actually a little bit past a year of the official Fabrizio Romano. Here we go. Oh my god! Yeah, of getting in Kunku because we signed him behind closed doors in December officially. Like he, the pictures he took that were posted in the summer were actually yeah. from last winter. So like. We've waited plenty. We deserved to see him today. And he also buried, and I mean buried, his penalty. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, like, 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 sorry, if you, like, look up a, 
they they have a compilation of all in Kunku's goals um in in the Bundesliga. The Bundesliga. And most of them or a lot of them were penalties, but like I knew for a fact that this guy could fucking drill it and yeah, all of our penalty takers they drilled their shots. Yeah. Uh, ex- Mudrick Mudrick didn't. He looked like he was nervous and he was so relieved that his shot went in because it wasn't it wasn't powerful. It was like in the perfect spot, but like yeah. it could have easily gone wide. Could have easily um, hit the post. Yeah, so like I think that was not a very convincing penalty, but he's you know, he like his goal could have gone wide too, but it didn't. So, you know, who am I to say like he was like, like very calm on his finish? But yeah, the, yeah, shout out to our penalty takers because I don't think I would have picked those four guys ever. Like outside of Nkunku, mind you. Palmer and Nkunku, the two. Palmer. <laughs> but like I've never seen Gallagher take a penalty for us. Hey, and that's our captain. I've never seen him do it. And then or at least not to my recollection. And then for for Mudrik to be the four the, the other one. Like Mudrik is is still a kid. Like you have other guys on this team that can can step up. Tiago Silva was still on the pitch. It's just it's just good. It's good vibes, man. The fact that like we were able to beat them the way that we did at home. There's the pictures of Petrovic hugging uh, Mudrik after it all ended. There's pictures of Nkunku and Mudrik hugging and screaming into the crowds. Like we needed this. We needed an emotional win against the top, not top, but like a better side that keeps this season relevant. If that makes sense. Like we're still in yep. in in talks for silverware. And obviously third tier, but European football. I think yeah. we've come so far down that this is something we should be celebrating. You heard Potch. This is not a Mickey Mouse Cup. We want it. Yeah, we I mean, it. It, I, I've talked about this, or we've talked about this before, that like this team in Champions League would get eliminated at group stages for sure. Yeah. So if we're going to compete in Europe, like confederations conference conference league whatever whatever it's called yeah then we can be the only team in the world that's won all european trophies it would be it would be chelsea and jose Mourinho. that's it that's the list the list starts and ends with chelsea dna wait did Mourinho win that with roma lost no they lost no he lost the europa league but he Last won, year? yeah, he won the uh, first ever Confeder- com- right. conference right. league with Roma, which was you're a right. huge deal for the city. Um, yep. But so um, let's move on to Sunday's game. We got uh-huh. Wolves at the Molyneux, so we're traveling. They've won one, drawn one, lost three in their last five. I do think it's worth mentioning that they have beat both Tottenham and Manchester City this season. Honestly, because... It doesn't matter what the opposition does. It I feel like we've come to the point. Um we've come to the point where it's more about Chelsea. What Chelsea does. I want to ask you what Ron, aka Bone Daddy Cool, aka Bone Daddy Deluxe, <laughs> aka Bone Daddy Supreme Supreme asked. Was the Newcastle match and moving on to the semis the moment that we turn around our season? Like, do we continue that going into this weekend? Smooth, Andres. I'll say that much. Um, that was very smooth. Um, yeah, we we just talked about the Nkunku thing. How him coming back is, I thought that's going to change everything. Um, Does like he start? We have, 
the rest of the season? Yeah. No, no. Does he start this match? Yes. Okay. He starts. He's ready. I'm ready. I I need it, Andreas. I need a full ninety of him, Kunku. It's been a year. It's been over a year. I, I but like also like <laughs> I I now don't care about the league and I want to focus only on the EFL Cup and the uh, FA, FA Cup. Cup. So. So bring uh, out the kids, put put out the Cobham boys out here, and and let their coach coach the match, and Potch yeah. can keep training with the other crew. <laughs> no, let's no, no. Nkunku, he's he. I need it. I so so with Ron's question, I think this is a big moment emotionally, and I don't think that suddenly we're gonna win all of our games. Like I, I think that's unrealistic. I think it's a good, it could be a good catalyst for what's to come in terms of like maybe more of a positive trend in what we see. Uh, the commentators were loving to say how much, how many injuries Newcastle have, and we have like four more than they do. So the fact remains that we're still very unhealthy and recovering. But Nkunku being back is a huge one, especially if Enzo is dealing with something and has to step out. Like, you could have a front four of Mudrick and Kunku, Palmer, and Jackson, which, again, it looks more like what we were doing in the preseason. Malo Gusto's playing well. Maybe Ian Motson gets more minutes. Like, if Potch is seeing what we're seeing, which, again, like Sam said, we're not, we're not freaking football Einsteins here. But if we're seeing something that he's also seeing, hopefully we continue to replicate it. And, and yeah, it, it's not just winning ugly, but winning and winning our way, whatever that may look like, because I, I don't know what the identity fully is yet. So that's kind of where I'm at. Do you have any predictions you want to give us for this match, whether the starting 11 besides Nkunku starting? Um, I think we got What did Poch say? We got to keep an eye out for the Korean guy. Um, Wong Hee Chan. Yeah, is that what he said? He said he could he called him the Korean guy, right? <laughs> no way. You don't remember this, Poach? This was this was when uh like I think he scored the game winner against Man City. And pre match he said something about the Korean guy. Like, that's what he called him. Um but yeah, we gotta keep an eye out for him. Um he's been on fire this season. He's been their best player. Um, so keep an eye out for Juan E. Chan. Um but as far as our lineup, I think we see a similar lineup from today. Um, I don't know if Enzo's going to be healthy to play. So if not, then play Nkunku in his spot, you know? So Cole Palmer on the on the right, Raheem Sterling on the left, Nico Jackson up front. Like, as much as I would say, like, let's bench Raheem Sterling for... Mudrick, you know, he just played a good game. I just don't think that's going to happen. You don't think so? And then, okay. I, I thought Raheem Sterling actually had a decent game. You know, besides the dive, um, and just like the frustrating moments where he would rather yeah. try to draw a pen than score. Like I thought he was pretty productive. Um, yeah, so... I, I think that's going to be the biggest toss-up, right? Like I'm with you. I think Kungu gets the minutes. It's going to be like who starts at left wing is the big question. Yeah, I think it's going to be Sterling. I think Gusto gets a spot back at right back? That's... 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if if Body of Shield needs to sit, then yeah, I think Malugusto starts. I I would love to I would love to see Matsum get minutes and let Levi play left center back. Again, that's such a personal thought, and I know a lot of Chelsea fans resonate with that, especially after we looked so good with two fullbacks. I feel like it'd be it'd be worth starting that way and then deciding to go back to the three center backs if like we are getting wrecked in the air. But if we yeah. keep 80% possession like we did today, I feel like that would be such a non-issue. Like I, I don't see Wolves coming out and pressing us out of the park. So Do you see them playing in a low block? Yeah, I, I think that has so. been that's that's been the you know the basically like the, the that is Wolves. That is or not are. just that, but that's the game plan against Chelsea this season yeah. too. That this season, last season, the season before that, it's like you see Chelsea exactly. on the schedule, you just draw two banks of four, maybe a bank of four and a bank of five, and you know that you're going to frustrate the crap out of us. You're, and and on top of all that, you're right. We do need to watch out for Huang Hee Chan. He scores. He's in the top. He's I believe in the top five for goals in the Premier League um, this season. So just don't let him counter us and. Again, if you're going to not counter us, pullbacks at speed at the back, like they're not going to try to chip it over our six foot four behemoths. Like they're going to try to have him run behind you. So, again, hoping we just won't see it as a start. Would love to see Motson get a start at left back. But yet again, I don't, I'm not holding my breath. But, Sam, mm -hmm. I want to thank you. On behalf of all of our listeners for stepping up and having a what I would call opposite of a body of shield flu game because you killed yep. it. Thank you. I, I just throughout the episode, I was just uh, snorting fix vapo inhaler in between questions. <laughs> That's, so I uh, sound at least as least nasally as possible. Like we appreciate it. Zach is being a bum and didn't want to record with us. So for you to step <laughs> no. up. That's that. That's not true. That's he's not on, true. He, he's on a trip. Listen, the holidays are coming. Zach's yeah. a good husband. He's spending time with his in-laws. I yeah. just wanted to give him shit. I think there's nothing he would love more than to be at home to record this podcast with us. But yeah, let's give him let's give him some credit. But anyways, man, for all everyone listening, um, if you want to be part of the pod, feel free to tweet at us at Blues on Parade. You can be like CFC Riley, Bone Daddy Cool, Vano, a.k.a. Waiting for Kendry, our boy Ronnie Ashworth, CFC Ronnie, who all contributed and got shout-outs in today's episode. Uh, we got Wolves on Sunday. Another Premier League match uh, would be great to continue the winning ways. Uh, fantastic win this week, and as always, let's keep the blue flag flying high. <laughs>